Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. It's the day after. Thank God it's Friday. You do thank God for every day, right? Of course you do. Hey, news and stuff right after this. Got an email through gregpatton.com yesterday from out in Las Vegas, Nevada. This gal, Diana, says, hey, you were at Billy Crone's church and talked about your uh, book coming out. I've watched the entire video series on the Invisible War, wondering when the book would be available. Well, it's there now. Absolutely, and we're so excited. InvisibleWarTheSaints.com. It's about having victory in Jesus and not being a victim. So many Christians are. We have given ground to the enemy, and we are ignorant of his devices. And hopefully this will help you, my friend. Make a great uh, gift for this holiday season, by the way. Many people have purchased them just for that, to help out someone or a ministry. It's gone overseas to teach spiritual warfare and how to have that victory in Jesus. Took us several years putting things together. Dr. Compley and I holding hands as we have done this for 80 years. You need some help? Most Christians do. Don't even realize they have a problem. Get the book. InvisibleWarOfTheSaints.com available today. And we are so grateful that you are there. What? in the world is going on. The anti-Israel movement rolling across American cities and college campuses following the outbreak of Israel's war with Hamas. And you know what? Bears a striking resemblance to other movements favored by social justice activists. A lot of commies out there. Since the October 7th attacks on Israel by Hamas terrorists, an outpouring of protests across the world have not condemned what Hamas did but rather condemn the Jewish state, which continues to reflect on the hundreds of Israelis who died and those taken prisoner. It makes no sense. The most extreme displays from Hamas sympathizing supporters seem to be coming from American college campuses. You'll read all about that in The New America, our book coming out next year. Particularly concerning demonstrations were witnessed at once prestigious uh, institutions like Harvard and and New York University, among others. Aside from college campuses and the anti-Israel movement also found its way to the headquarters of the Democratic National Committee, the DNC there in Washington, D.C., where supposed pro-Palestinian demonstrators grew violent and clashed with police. Other protests have taken place outside the State Department where demonstrators held handcrafted signs with anti-Israel slogans like Israel, Cancer of the Middle East. I just have a simple question. Where is my gun? And this one will not surprise you in the least. ICE agents warn that terror groups like Hamas are already in the United States of America thanks to the Biden administration open border policy. Yeah, it's not a surprise, is it? What a moronic team Biden has put together. Well, that temporary truce is in order now. A four-day ceasefire between Israel and Hamas began today, allowing sorely needed aid to start flowing into Gaza and setting the stage for the release of dozens of hostages held by the militants and Palestinians imprisoned by Israel. 
There were no reports of fighting in the hours after the truce began. The deal offered some relief for Gaza's 2.3 million people who have endured weeks of Israeli bombardment and dwindling supplies of just the basics in life, as well as for families in Israel worried about their loved ones that were taken captive. Yes, indeed. Well, you know it wasn't Sleepy Joe thanking God yesterday. Well, then who did? Oh, Donald Trump's holiday message. We give thanks to Almighty God. Yes. President Donald Trump has issued a video honoring Thanksgiving Day and explaining how Americans give thanks to Almighty God for his many blessings, including our families, our friends, our neighbors, and this extraordinary country that we all call home. He also posted a separate statement with barbs aimed at the fraud case of New York's Attorney General Letitia James and the judge that, uh, well, they're aiming at him for sure. Thanks to Almighty God, a message that we haven't heard for quite some time out of Washington. Well, gee, I've forgotten what day it is. Black Friday, does it seem like that long ago that people were setting an alarm for like 3 a.m. and then standing in line at uh, Best Buy or Walmart, etc.? Yeah, they started today celebrating <laughs> Black Friday. Happy Black Friday, they say. But now, you know, most of the cart stuffing happens now with a cup of coffee and you sitting on the couch. That folks have been horizontal on since the second round of pumpkin pie yesterday. Yep, Black Friday, big business, get those deals. My family actually wants me to get a 75-inch TV. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, that's another story. It's turkey cranberry sandwiches for lunch today, which means two things are about to pop off. Those little hometown bars and holiday shopping. But you may want to read the fine print before you start adding to your cart with the reckless abandonment that happens on Black Friday. Uh, are you going out tonight? The golden age of free returns is ending, they say. Retailers are rolling back the loose return policies that help propel online shopping's upheaval of the in-person buying. An estimated 44% of retailers now charge customers a fee to send something back. That's up from 33% in 2021. Retailers that now charge customers in some areas to send things back. American Eagle, Saks Fifth Avenue, H&M, oh, lots of them. Why are they doing that? Processing returns cost a lot of money. $165 million for every $1 billion of merchandise they sell, according to the National Retail Federation. So now you're going to have to pay. Oh, Amazon? They're feeling the crunch. The e-commerce giant, which led the free return movement, brought in nearly $514 billion in revenue last year and paid $84 billion to process returns, more than twice as much as it did in 2019 when the company paid $280 billion. They say Amazon's now charging a buck for returns. And so many things I'm not... Uh, Keeping up with, how about you? Are you familiar with the uh, reverse logistics industry that has sprung up? 
Yeah, as retailers crack down on returns to avoid hearing another it was broken when I got it excuse, some companies are uh, counting on you to send your holiday gifts back, and there comes the reverse logistic industry. It's sprung up in recent years, taking advantage of more than $300 billion in things we return every holiday season. Reverse logistics, or the supply chain processes of returns, is a little-known but rapidly growing sector of the economy in America. It's a booming business alongside the rise of online shopping that started during the pandemic. Yep, reverse logistics, it's called. Hmm. Well, Sleepy Joe and uh, CNN's Jake Tapper did a little talking this week. Biden defended his administration's economic record, saying he doesn't think there's a recession coming. But if there is, it would be very slight. Before moving on to boast about his legislative victories, such as the memorable American Rescue Plan, the Inflation Act, we assume Biden meant the Inflation Reduction Act, but uh, Inflation Act is probably more accurate to be, uh, yeah, it is. And the most recent $368 billion in additional spending to deal with the energy problem, the whole notion going on of global warming. Ask if the American people should prepare for a recession. Biden said, no, look, we've, we've been saying this now. What, every six months they say this. Every six months they look down at the next six months and say it's going to happen. It hasn't happened. It hadn't, but there that had, uh, there is no, there's no guarantee that there's going to be. I don't think there's going to be a recession. <laughs> it's just hard to read what this guy says. And Biden, get this, makes it very clear that a billion, a trillion, $750 million, billion dollars could help fight climate change or something like that. <laughs> We're going to put him back in office, even thinking about putting this guy back in office again, we have lost our ever-loving minds. Something like that. Yep. It's very clear, and it makes perfect sense to Joe. Hey, have you heard about this one from Biden? He's invoked a Cold War-era law. Yeah. In a surprising move today to pour taxpayer funds into domestic manufacturing of electric heat pumps. That's an alternative to gas-powered residential furnaces. Oh, we're going to get this electric thing going one way or another, right? In a joint announcement with the White House, the Department of Energy said the federal government would award a historic $169 million for nine projects across, what, 15 states nationwide in an effort to accelerate electric heat pump manufacturing. The significant level of funding was made possible after Biden utilized the 1950 Defense Production Act to increase domestic production of green energy technology. We are not just visiting Moronville. We're living there with this guy. Well, I guess I haven't done it for a few years. I'm that frugal guy that walks through the mall and looks and <laughs> never buys anything. In the old days, Mama called it uh, window shopping. Some thoughts from Vance Havner on living in today's world. A familiar figure on the street is the window shopper, moves along gazing fondly in each store window, but then never buys anything. In the realm of things spiritual, we have uh, Bible window shoppers, they say. Uh, this guy moves along through the book, 
reading its precious promises, hearing its high challenges, looking at its deep messages of peace and power and victory, but never makes them his own, just window shops. He appreciates but does not appropriate. He respects his Bible, argues for the Bible, counts it dear to him, but its rich treasures never come into living reality in his own experience of life. He's a window shopper amongst the storehouses of Almighty God's revealed truth. On the way, he passes by where is displayed such a a choice level as, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to thee called according to his purpose. What a rare pearl that is, he explains. What a lofty faith does one need to believe that? So he moves on and the treasure stays on exhibition. He does not go in and claim it for himself, though. Uh, He's a believer. It is his and is therefore for him, but he's just window shopping. How many believers loiter along the Bible store of life and come away empty? My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. One reads that devoutly and an hour later is worrying about adversity and bemoaning the hard times in which we live. Isn't that true? They which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Who is it that um, looks at that gem and lives like a pauper when God meant it to be his? He can live like a prince, biblically. All things are yours, and there are many who behold that free pass to all of God's unlimited stock, yet live spiritually almost bankrupt because they're just window shoppers. The storehouse of God's Word was never meant for mere scrutiny, not even primarily for study, but for sustenance. It's not simply a collection of fine proverbs and notable teachings for men to admire and, and quote as they might Shakespeare as an example. No, it's, it's food for the soul, resources of things for the spirit, treasure for the innermost man. It's goods exhibited upon every page or hours, and we have no business merely respectfully moving among these things and coming away none the richer. The window shopper upon the streets of life often has a very good reason for not buying. He has not the wherewithal. But think about it, my friend. No believer can say that of God's riches, for the treasures of his holy word is without money and without price. Whosoever may drink of this thing freely, the Bible... Some window shop because they never have fully realized that the things of the Spirit of God can be made actual, living realities here and now amidst this humdrum of daily rounds of commonplace things to do, living in today's world. Others loaf along indifferent to their inward poverty, faring scantily when the banquets of God are at their disposal, and some substitute wishful longing for the practical realization of a Christ-like life. Why wouldn't you want that? The Lord is rich unto all who call upon him today. Let us have done with this idle window shopping thing. Let us go into the deep stores of his word, rummaging among its treasures, new and old alike, and come forth from every excursion laden with the bounty of the book. Well, that's good. Vance Havner, the best. And finally, I could see this happening. They say that scientists recently placed a 10-piece set of matching Tupperware into a sealed chamber. 
When they opened it just 30 days later, the chamber had 24 lids that did not match any of the six remaining containers. <laughs> How about this one? Nothing gets a house clean quicker or better than a woman about to blow her gasket. <laughs> and finally, this is good. A doctor can save your life. A lawyer can defend your life. A soldier can give you a peaceful life. But only God can give you an everlasting life. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Love this Christian radio station and grateful that they would carry Hello World every day at this time. You need to pray for them and if God would direct to help them out financially. Things get tough this time of year. Our money is going every which direction. And uh, Christian Radio, how important is it to you and your family? They share the good news of Jesus Christ, tell you how to be saved, how to live this Christian life. All kinds of information coming your way through Christian Radio, one of the last real vestiges of truth on America's scene today. Oh, my goodness. Pray. For this Christian radio station, support this Christian radio station, and we'll thank you in advance. On today's devotion, it's the man who would not listen. From the beginning to the end, the Word of God greatly emphasizes our need to listen. God is speaking, nobody listening. You've heard that before. We rebel against the commands of God. That happens. But when we refuse to listen to his voice of correction and direction, things quickly reach critical mass. I remember playing basketball all over the place in Roanoke, Indiana when I was a kid. I loved it. Played high school and college ball. And I was always amazed that uh, a lot of the guys who played down at the park, I noticed something odd right away. They could play really well, but they never made the team and never got any scholarships or it was just out of the question. Many of these very talented guys playing basketball had one main problem, and it's a problem for all of us today. They wouldn't listen. No coach was going to change anything about their game. No siree. No one could tell them how to defend better, shoot better, rebound better. They were just uncoachable. They wouldn't listen, so all their God-given talents and ability counted for zero. Every instructor knows the dilemma of having a student who won't yield. Every parent knows the pain of having a kid who wants to have his or her own way. When we see failure, wasted opportunities, heartache, this fatal flaw is always present. Hey, let's admit it's not easy to listen. King Amaziah is one of God's poster children for this kind of a problem. He's the man who would not listen. The strange thing is that this king did listen at first. He listened very closely and obediently to the word of the Lord. When he began his reign as king of Judah, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but not wholeheartedly. After the kingdom was firmly in his control, then things changed, and he executed the officials who had murdered his father, the king. Yet he did not put their sons to death, but acted in accordance with what's written in the law in the book of Moses, where the Lord commanded, Fathers shall not be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their fathers. Each 
is to die for his own sins. Second Chronicles 25, the first four verses. After he was established on the throne, Amaziah had to take care of some unfinished biz. His dad, the late King Joash, had been assassinated and was Amaziah's duty to punish those men responsible for that vicious crime. Although he now had absolute power, Amaziah did not give in to the desire for unbridled vengeance by executing the assassins and all their families. This was a common practice during those rough and tumble days when royal power wreaked havoc among the people of the world. Rather, King Amaziah heeded the commandment of God and found in Deuteronomy 24:16 something special. This commandment limited punishment, no matter how grievous the crime, to only the guilty parties and not their children. So Amaziah listened well to the word of God. Another challenge also lay before the king. After organizing and enlarging his army for a major campaign against the Edomites, Amaziah hired a hundred thousand. Wow. A hundred thousand fighting men from Israel. Second Chronicles 25. At the cost of almost four tons of silver. He believed the 300,000 troops from Judah could not only be strengthened by adding 100,000 mercenaries from the northern kingdom of Israel. Everyone knows that in war, more is better, right? Well, Amaziah found out that God's math is different. Have you found that out? A man of God came to him and boldly declared, These troops from Israel must not march with you, for the Lord is not with Israel. The northern ten tribes of Israel had given themselves over to gross idolatry. The anger of Jehovah hung over them. And because of this, Amaziah was forbidden to deploy their forces. If he used them, he was told, God will overthrow you before the enemy. And that's the message even for today. As the prophet revealed, God, now think about this today, for you, for me, God has the power to help or to overthrow. In other words, more is less if God isn't in it and if God is not blessing it. Amaziah was still troubled, though, by the almost four tons of silver that would be wasted if he dismissed the Israelite troops. But what about the hundred talents I paid for these Israelite troops, he asked. The prophet replied, the Lord. So the king obediently dismissed all those mercenaries, a hundred thousand of them. He then led his small army, one by one, with the blessing of God, to the valley of salt and routed the Edomites. Much or little is much when God is in it. Amen. Very important message for us today. Things go from bad to worse. That usually happens when people turn their backs on God. It happens to a nation. I think we're there in the United States of America. Yep. Bad to worse. It is incredible how sinful disobedience blinds us to the truth, even when it's staring us right in the face. You shall know the truth, and what will happen? The truth will set you free. The greatest freedom of all, by the way, as we conclude, is that of salvation and being free from the bondage of Satan by inviting Jesus Christ into your life. Are you heaven-bound today? You are if you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Great way to live. Fantastic way to die. Today, this is it. The day after Thanksgiving, ah, it's the day of salvation. Let's get saved today.
And finally, somebody says, I think you're wrong, Greg. I think worrying works. You're always telling us not to worry. It's a sin. Here's my case in point. 90% of the things that I worry about never happen. <laughs> uh, let me think about this for a moment here. Hey, you've been listening to Hello World all this week, my friend. Every day at this time, tell others about the broadcast and join us. Thanks to all of you that pray for us and support us financially. That's a really big deal. It is. Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. I want to see your name on Facebook this Friday, huh? It was a great day. Thanks for being here. That's the way it is. Friday, November the 24th, 2023. God bless. Have a great day.